It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today we're going to be breaking down what roles or what teams, more specifically, do Courtney Davis and Kendrick Rogers fit? Both wide receivers are up at the NFL Combine. They are testing out. We will be previewing exactly what role Davis features today. Uh, later on, we will be featuring Rogers. So make sure you're tuning in to all that. Before we begin, a couple housekeeping rules. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies. At Locked On Aggies is the number one place to check out all of our great Locked On Podcast content. You can check out all of our great work at LockedOnPodcast.com. Second, Aggies SI. All Aggies, part of the Sports Illustrated Network and the Locked On Podcast Network, have partnered together to give you quality content surrounding all things Texas A&M. You can check out all of that great work at si.com slash T-A-M-U. And last but not least, if you want to follow me on Twitter, tell me what you like that I'm doing. Tell me what you hate that I'm doing. Tell me what's good, what doesn't work. All you got to do is hit me up at Mr. Cole Thompson. My name is Cole Thompson. I am a mister. That's it. Don't wear it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked on Aggies. Before we start talking about the NFL prospects that could be making their name this week, in a really make or break for some of these players, especially at the wide receiver group, let's talk a little bit about AM baseball because AM surpassed a mark that has only happened once in the last two decades, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they improved to 10 0 on the year, getting a 4 0 win in cold temperatures. It was about 40 degrees, probably about 41 degrees last night. And AM. Behind the arm of redshirt freshman Jonathan Childress and Chris Weber, they were the only two who pitched. Got a nine-inning shutout, allowing, I think, a total of four, five hits, was it? I think it was five hits. Maybe it was, you know, four hits. Four hits between the two of them. Uh, Only allowed three total walks, and combined, they had 11 strikeouts. When you look at the night, uh, especially on someone like Jonathan Childress, who came off Tommy John surgery from last year, he only played in three games. So this really is his first attempt to kind of make a name for himself. Not even a name for himself, but just finding his place in the rotation. There was a lot of hype coming in on him last year. He wasn't able to live up to it because of the surgery. He only played in three games. So now he's able to come in and he delivered, especially when his team asked for him most. He gave up two hits, uh, two walks, struck out seven in five innings of work. He utilized his curveball, and he had great pitching location with his fastball. I think he got as high as 90 last night. After the game, Childress said, I just felt great the way through my whole start. I still feel good now. I haven't thrown 70 pitches in I don't know how long. I didn't even throw 70 last year. It's great to extend out a little bit. One of the biggest things with AM that has been the bread and butter when it comes to baseball is you look at this team and they've always had good pitching. They've always been a team that has been dominant with the arm. And when they're dominant with the arm, they make plays in the open field. They're able to, I think, back up with solid defense. They get a couple of good, good sluggers up to bat. They make some moves. Overall, as long as the pitching is good, 
they're always in contention. And that's still the same case here when you look at this roster right now. I mean, once again, the Bats, they weren't there. It was another 4-0 shutout. I mean, you look at Tuesday's game. 4-0 against Houston Baptist. Well, they relied on Dustin Saz to really carry the way and get them the win. Now you look at this. It's Weber and it's Childress. The two of them combined for nine total innings of work. 58 pitches for one, 70 for the other. Weber probably can even go again some point in the Frisco Invitational this weekend. Uh, but he also allowed two hits. Four innings of work, four strikeouts. Another good left-hander. That's a big thing. Uh, he got bailed out of a good play. A web gem from... Trevor Werner and Bryce Blom, who made a uh, barehanded catch to flip the ball over to Hunter Coleman at first in the sixth inning. And then it came the seventh inning, which came with run support. Uh, the team didn't score until the fourth inning. Zach DeLug started off with a base hit. He would then steal second base and then be knocked in on an RBI triple by Zane Schmidt. Mason Corbett would score after Bl uh, Blom would drive him home on an RBI ground out. Cam Blake would score Corbett. Um on an RBI single to make it 3-0. Seventh inning comes around. Blom once again has an uh, has a double to begin the game. I mean, begin the begin the at-bat. They got some insurance from Logan Satori. Once again, he's been nothing short of dominant since joining the club from junior college. Hutchinson's, Hutchinson Junior College. So overall, A&M is doing exactly what we expect them to do. And now they're 10-0. They have won every single game that they were supposed to. And now comes the first real big test for AM. They'll head to the Frisco Invitational. And two of those games, I think they are easily projected to win. Or they should be favored. Against Illinois and Oklahoma State. But that game against number 10 UCLA. Another team that I think relies heavily on their pitching... You look at some of the names that have come there, come through there, Garrett Cole being probably the biggest, and what they've been able to do at the next level. I think that's a game that maybe is a preview for what we could expect in the Super Regionals or what we could expect in the College World Series. Either of that is very plausible. Uh, Blom finished going two for three, two doubles. Satori finished going two for three, a double, a walk, and an RBI. Good pitching. Ace LAC will take the mound against Illinois. Christian Roa will take the mound against UCLA. And Chandler Joswiak will close out against Oklahoma State in the Frisco Invitational. That begins on Friday. First pitch is at 7 o'clock. Uh, if you want to go get tickets, I think you can just go check it out at friscoinvitational.com. I'm pretty sure that that's the website. They definitely have tickets. Uh, but it's definitely going to be an event that you're going to want to see. Turning the page over to football. We have a ton of players now looking to make their mark at the NFL level. And one is Courtney Davis. Where does he fit? What are his strengths? What are his weaknesses? And where are some areas that teams are going to be blown away by come Thursday at the Combine? Don't go anywhere. We'll be talking about that in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me ask you a quick question. Are you listening to the Locked On NFL podcast? Really, any of the Locked On podcasts? If so, well, give yourself a pat on the back. Go have an extra scoop of ice cream. Ask mom for the extra dollop of whipped cream. You've earned it. If not, 
Brussels sprouts for you until you decided to listen. Because guys, come on. We have over two dozen college sports shows ready for your listening ears, including Locked On Pac-12, Locked On SEC, and Locked On College Football. Plus, on top of all that, we have a ton of great content surrounding all things in the NFL, the MLB, the NHL, the NBA, and fantasy sports is always a trend. Go check out all of our great content found at LockedOnPodcast.com. Turning our attention to the NFL Draft. Four Texas A&M players will look to make their mark somewhere in Indianapolis this upcoming week at Lucas Oil Stadium. The NFL Combine going on from Thursday, February 27th through Sunday, March 1st. Coming up Thursday is the wide receivers, the tight ends, and the quarterbacks. A&M will have two players in this draft right here that come in that position. And that's Kendrick Rogers and Courtney Davis. We're going to focus in on Kendrick Rogers tomorrow. Because we can go a lot more in depth with him. We can see where his flaws were. We can see where his strengths were. Courtney Davis, on the other hand, he's going to get drafted. The question is where and what round does he fall in? Because there's a ton of areas where he can definitely go. There's a ton of teams that have interest in him. And there's a little bit more upside after the season he had, I think. So we're going to talk about him first because we know he's going to hear his name called. And it will be solidified this week. So Courtney Davis this past season finished with 54 receptions for 616 yards and four touchdowns. He was an explosive player, big slot kind of guy receiver, but he only wasn't limited to there. I think that plays into a positive for him. When you look at a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, who I don't think is a good comp for Courtney Davis because he's not as fast as Larry. Larry isn't isn't as fast as him. But Larry Fitzgerald was known for, in his prime days at... Arizona for his ability to play every single wide receiver position. He was a smaller split end who was the physical receiver. He could play in the slot. He could be your flanker. He could be your Z. He could do it all. He literally could play multiple wide receiver positions on the offense and find a way to be successful. So I think that that's the thing that I really like about Courtney Davis According to the reports that I was looking up and I was looking up his his lineup numbers, he took at least 100 snaps at every single wide receiver position. When you have a player who can take that many snaps at a position, it just shows how versatile they are. And the more versatile they can be, the more, I think, valuable to an offense you are. Because naturally, you're going to have players who can be talented, but are they limited? And what I mean by limited is, are they only going to be able to play one position on the wide receiver court? Are they only going to be that big body receiver? Are they only going to be that speed vertical threat? Davis is a little bit of everything. I think that he, we talk a lot about this wide receiver class being so deep in talent. And there's so many players who need another weapon, who need, you know, something to be successful. Uh, And if you miss out on one of the big three in Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs, it's not the end of the world because there's guys like Davis and Jawan Jennings and Jalen Rager and Brian Edwards who all could be vital pieces to your offense. 
That's how deep this wide receiver class is. But a guy like Davis who can do it all, I think puts him in a second category in that wide receiver conversation. I don't think that you can put him in a round one conversation. There's no way. But when we start looking at how he performs, and we'll look at that over on Friday at the numbers, we'll see if we think that he's going in a positive direction or a negative direction. If you look at all that combined, does he scream a you know limited guy in the slot? Or does he look like someone who could play multiple roles on an offense? I think he looks like that. But at the same time, does that hurt him? Because right now, the biggest thing that I think for him to, he's going to have to work on this upcoming week is Courtney's going to have to be that it factor. I was talking to a couple scouts down in Mobile, and they were telling me that they were very excited to see Davis, and they left disappointed because he never had that it factor, like some of the other receivers. That's kind of fair, because I was down in Mobile. And I can kind of blame part of it on quarterback play because for the North roster, it was horrendous. I mean, it was Jordan Love and that was it. Like, that's it. No one else. Meanwhile, same thing you could say about it in college. Was Kellen Mond the problem? Or were his weapons unable to get open? Were they just facing too much of talent? Uh, Were... Were they unable to, you know, beat defenders? Were they unable to connect on a more personal level? Those are all things that you can look at. And potentially, it is a problem that doesn't fall on their shoulders. It falls on the quarterback's shoulders. So this is a week where I think Davis has to show that it factor. Not even to solidify himself as a top-level wide receiver, but just as a guy who can be effective in the NFL. Just someone who can make a name for himself, get some good reps in, maybe be a wide receiver for to start his career, and eventually start becoming a talented extra weapon. That's what I see for someone like Davis. You want to have him just show you He's not just another wide receiver in the pack. So if he can just show something, a good 40 time, a great gauntlet drill, a great vertical, great bench press, good 20-yard shuffle, any of it, I think that it plays well into his favor of being a top-level receiver or in that top half of receivers. If it doesn't happen that way, that's where I have some concerns. But I'm not the one drafting these guys. Those are for the NFL GMs. And where they draft them, that's all up to them. But there are some teams who need wide receivers more than others. So we're going to break down the top five teams that I personally think would fit very well for Courtney Davis' skill set. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked on Aggies. Courtney Davis will be making his mark at the NFL Combine sometime this week. And unfortunately, we do not know how 
the NFL GMs and scouts will judge him. We can only go off what we saw from him in college and what type of numbers he posts during his 40-yard time, during the individual drills, how he looks catching the ball, how his straight line speed looks. All that is going to be playing into where he falls in the draft. But the biggest thing of all is someone with Davis's skill set will get an opportunity in the NFL. It may be a short leash. It may not be what he wanted. It may not be where he wants to go. But he will get an opportunity in the NFL. And I think that there's five teams that definitely could use a player such as Courtney Davis. So we're going to break down those five teams. Number five for me, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. They need a third receiver. And the biggest thing is where Davis kind of is sitting in his draft grade right now, which is about a late three, early four, maybe, I mean, just maybe, with that fourth round selection, if they're able to address the needs at running back, at defensive line, at defensive back, and if they feel comfortable after free agency, maybe when you look at that pick, that's nudged in right between Denver and the Jets. Maybe this would be a good fit for Courtney Davis. You can play him on the outside because he has experience playing there. You keep Calvin Ridley in his natural slot position as the wide receiver too. And then you bring Davis to the outside. Let him be wide receiver three or four to go with Julio Jones. He'll be able to learn in a system with two experienced wide receivers He won't need to be a day one star. And he possesses kind of what I think Dan Quinn would want in a dirt cutter scheme. He's kind of like Chris Godwin in the sense of you can play him kind of anywhere on the field. Natural hands. He can make plays and, you know, he can make plays both with his legs and his hands. I think Atlanta would be the lesser of the teams, but I think that this could be an option especially because of you're looking at someone who has all the skills to, I think, be a quality player year one. Number four, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The thing with Jacksonville is they have receivers. But the reality is, how good are they? D.D. Westbrook, continually hurt. Marquise Lee, continuously hurt. D.J. Chark. Finally broke out this year. Is that going to continue? Uh, you look at Keelan Colt. Had a one-year wonder. All the receivers that you're looking at right now, yeah, they're good, but they're not incredible. Is Davis just going to be another one of those names on the list? Because personally, I think that he could be a good player in Jacksonville, and they'll have the draft stock to take him early. I think that they're picking the third or fourth pick in the... No, the seventh pick in the fourth round. So that's right where his range is. They're going to have enough time to be able to address the cornerback position. They're going to be able to, I think, maybe even take another receiver. If they go get a big frame receiver to pair with Shark Speed, maybe they go get the Speed guy in Davis to go along with it. I could see Jacksonville going out and trying to find as many weapons for Gardner Minshew or Nick Foles, whoever is really the quarterback of the future, and just let it be known, hey, we got you, we got your weapons. We got your players. 
time to go make a name for yourself. Number three for me is the Denver Broncos. I went on a show on denverbroncos.com earlier this year talking about this with Courtney Davis, and I think that this is a good fit for him because of they want speed. So depending on how his 40 time is, if it's in the 4-3 range or something along the lines of that, I think Denver, at the end of round three, they have the 95th pick, would be an excellent selection. They need help at that speed receiver. Deshaun Hamilton hasn't done well. Uh, you look at some of the other guys, Tim Patrick hasn't done well. It's Cortland Sutton. It's Philip Lindsay. It's hopefully Noah Fant and a ton of no-names. That's what you're working with for Drew Locke in year two. So I think someone with Davis's skill sets, speed, natural size, probably best suited in the slot. Maybe you move Deshaun Hamilton outside to be your vertical threat, and that's his role. And then you have Davis play your middleman, working across the middle of the field. Working upfield, making catches, done. Pair him with Cortland Sutton. The main point is they want to get a speed guy out in Denver because they need to be able to have someone to take the pressure off of Sutton. So if you have a speed guy in the middle, working in the middle of the field, that actually is dangerous. You now have two weapons that Drew Locke is going to be able to build around. So I think Denver would be a good place for him, and I think he fits right where that draft grade is, depending on how he does this week, at uh, pick number 95. Number two, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. They would have to draft him a little earlier, because I don't think he'll be available in the fourth round when they're picking. They're somewhere right in the middle. They're near the bottom, actually. They're 85th in the third round. If they can address needs in free agency, which is going to be tough because they don't have a high cap space, but if they can do it, the biggest thing that's going to stop this team from being successful is Carson Wentz and the receivers not being on pace. I love this kid. I think that he's great. I worked with him in San Antonio. But if Greg Ward is your leading receiver in a playoff game, you have problems at wide receiver. I don't know how many receivers you got to draft, but I think Davis would be a good fit. He can play in the slot. You know you need a slot receiver with Nelson Aguilar probably going to the free agent market. You know that they're going to need someone to come in and make a name for themselves as another weapon for Carson Wentz. I think 85 is too high, but I love the Eagles fit with Davis. So I would place him there depending on how he does this week. Only because of, I think that they just need to have that speed weapon across the middle of the field and give Wentz just another weapon, whatever type it is. And last but not least, the team that I think needs him the most and the team that has met with him and the team that I do think right now has the best chance of drafting him because of where they sit in the draft board, and that's Green Bay Packers. Green Bay needs weapons for Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be the storyline of the offseason. Last year, Brian Gunkiss went out. He spent a ton of money on getting defenders. He brought in Darnell Savage in the draft, Rashawn Gary in the draft, the Smith, uh, the Smith Bros, Super Smith, the Super Smith Bros came in as the pass rushers. He stole Adrian Amos from Chicago. He didn't address the wide receiver need. It was Devontae Adams. It was Aaron Jones. 
and then whoever else you wanted that week. That was pretty much it. You didn't have another weapon to build off of Devontae Adams. This is a fit I see Davis working in. I think a Matt LaFleur-style offense that he ran in Tennessee with Marcus Mariota and what he helped produce with Jared Goff out in Los Angeles, those are reasons I think that he will be successful. I think you look at all the stuff going on with these players and you look at what team needs a speed receiver in the slot most. Green Bay's got to be up there. Do they address it round one or do they go linebacker, middle linebacker? Do they address maybe cornerback? Do they address something else? Do they address defensive line or offensive linemen? There's plenty of things they can address, but I don't know if wide receiver is number one. And with it being such a deep class, they kind of can wait. They really can. They don't have to go at pick number 30 to take him. So a round three pickup near the end. I, I mean, there's two picks right now before compensation after Green Bay. If they get all that, why not? I mean, literally, why not? Why not take a third round pick and bring in Davis? You pair him with Jay Sternberger. Last year, they were the two most successful offensive weapons during their time in 2018 at Texas A&M. Pair them together. Let them work together and let's see what they can do. If they can do something, guess what? They're in a really good spot to be successful for the the future. So at the end right now, I don't know for sure, but my gut feeling is telling me Green Bay is the team that best fits Courtney Davis. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow, we'll be breaking down Kendrick Rogers and where he fits in the NFL. What teams could draft him? What are his positives and what are his negatives? Don't go anywhere. You can check all that out tomorrow. I'll see you then. And remember, gig them, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.